Welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. We have a super packed show for you. We've got some brand new segments. We're also going to be breaking down our review of The Kitchen. And in honor of The Kitchen, Kirk and I will be bringing you our top five kitchen gadgets or appliances. Let's do it. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. My name is Cam. With us, as always, is Kirk. Hello, hello. We are your co-hosts. And we've got a very full episode for you today. And we've got some new segments, which I'm very excited about. This is the first time we've ever done new segments, Kirk. That's right. Brand so, new. So it's exciting. Um, and also, we're reviewing the kitchen this week. And we're doing our top five kitchen gadgets and appliances, which that is going to be... Fuego. Just strap in, guys. I mean, because here's what keeps happening. Every single week, we are like, oh, man, this top five, it's going to be so different. And then we have like three out of five movies shared. So let's break it up a little bit. Let's do kitchen appliances. Everybody's got their faves. Everybody's got their, in their tool shed, the ones that they they go to. Mm-hmm. And it, it all depends on what you eat as well. Um, so after this, you'll be able to ju- judge us for what we eat because you'll know exactly what we eat. With a caveat, the things that I eat are is, is no reflection on how wonderful of a cook my wife is. Let's just get that out in the forefront because she can cook some food. But there are times when I'm on my own and she's like getting her hair done or at work. And I'm like, OK, well, I just have to use this tool and you'll find out later. Yeah, I think um, Jackie and I, we make meals that like we can make good meals. Mm-hmm. And we do often make make meals together that are good. Yep. But the path of least resistance always prevails. Absolutely. And so we, like, I can't even tell you how many times we have, like, a full meal plan schedule. And, like, there's there's the ones that we're going to make. And there's the ones that I'm going to make. And the ones that she knows how to make. And whatever. And then it's, like, Monday night. And it's, like, uh, so frozen pizza. Or raisin canes. Raisin canes, yeah. So good. Could be. Um, so, yeah, that'll, that'll be a fun one. Mm-hmm. I, I want to talk a little bit about what we watched this week because i don't know if you watched anything new but i watched citizen kane kirk i saw that you were watching yeah i did because i'm on this i'm on this old movie kick and there's so many of these classic movies um that i haven't seen and so i want i want to be seeing more of them figuring out what's good and so this was a good barometer too Mm -hmm. because remember i talked about the maltese falcon we kind of talked about like how do you really review an old movie because my my overall feelings on maltese falcon were like Eh, it's okay, but it doesn't really hold up. Citizen Kane holds up, dude. Nice. And, and the reason it's a good barometer is it came out the same year as the Maltese Falcon. And so, you know, because I was kind of talking about how, like, we look at all black and white movies the same way. Well, these ones you can actually judge together because they were released in the same year. So there's no, like, what technology did they have, whatever. This movie is well shot. It's well written. It's well directed. And it holds up so well. Like it's, 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 you have to see it. If you haven't seen it, it's so good. Rosebud. Yeah. Do you know about that? I, I actually know the ending. I think I got spoiled. Oh no. Oh, cause you took, I mean, you're a theater guy. Yep. So in my film class, I got spoiled by some like wannabe know-it-all film guy who I don't even know. I don't even remember his name anymore, but I just remember I was mad. He was like the minkus 
of the class. Yeah, Minkus. Yeah. yeah. And he, he spouted it out, and I was like, well, dang it. Well, now I know the ending to that. Jerk. That's a bummer. It's like the guys who yelled, Dumbledore died. Yeah. There was, that was like a thing when mm-hmm. I was in high school. It was like people were walking around being like, Dumbledore died. Yeah. Or, or Sirius Black was a big one too. Oh, yeah. When Sirius Black was killed in whatever book. Which, like, was, who, who is remember. breeding these animals that are know. doing these things? Like, I don't understand. It's yeah. so terrible. I mean, we saw it after Endgame too. Like, in every comment section, there was some goober who thought he was like the funniest guy in the world mm-hmm. being like, oh, this person died. Yeah. And there's two kinds, they, especially for the Thanos one. They, they either put it. Um, like just blurted it out in all caps so you couldn't miss it or they like drew you in and they had like this long elaborate story like oh man this is what's so cool about this and guess who dies boom they yeah which that's that's just especially sinister it really is and that person might not only be a jerk but also pure evil and yes. yeah look for them on America's Most Wanted yeah. next <laughs> yeah so I mean Citizen Kane I highly recommend it even if you have the, the whatever the spoiler yeah. like it's I mean I still say all of these movies because we've every movie that's ever come out after has been based off of them in some way. Like the the finish doesn't pay off as big as like you would hope. But this one is good, and the meaning behind the movie is just great. And it's really it's really nice. It's a nice human story, mm-hmm. and I really dig it. So I watched Citizen Kane. Um, I don't know. Last week was kind of like a crappy week, so I was reminded of like why we like movies. Yeah, because they kind of. It's like for better or worse, whether it's a good movie or a bad movie, like you're you're escaping for two-ish hours. So if you have a bad week, it's uh it's always a good thing to throw on. My go-to is always Deadpool Two. Jackie and I love Deadpool Two. Oh, very nice. And we watch it constantly, like to a ridiculous extent. Like we'll just throw it on in the background. We probably watch it at least once or twice a week. It's it's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. So what did you what did you watch? I did not get through as many movies. Um, I was back on my er train um i am excited to announce that i am in season 15 oh wow the final season chronologically i've watched from the beginning since i believe 2017 so i will uh season 15 episode 5 crazy things are happening old characters are coming back and uh, i believe i'm like one episode away from dr green making he died in season eight he makes an appearance in a flashback episode and i'm really excited to oh see i thought you were gonna thing. say like he comes back to life like zombified like hello i, yeah. mean, I mean i'm here for that if that's where <laughs> they want to go yeah unfortunately no but yeah that's uh that's why i watched i also watched a bronx tale so again i've been su- i'm getting amped up for the irishman later later yeah if September. we do like top five mob movies for the irishman you're gonna be like ready to go and i'm gonna be like um i like taxi driver and the departed <laughs> does that count they absolutely count they absolutely yeah. count uh so i watched yeah so this was robert de niro's directorial debut and it's based off a true story that blew my mind it had a 93 percent on rotten tomatoes and i said to myself why haven't i seen this yeah Excellent. I bought it. It was $5. It was like, um, what did they call it? They called it Gangster Weekend. They're $5 movies on iTunes. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's convenient. It was really great. And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Yeah. And you can, I'll, I'll, I'll lend it to you. It was fantastic. Yeah, I need to check it out. So ER, sure. Bronx Tale, and then, of course, The Kitchen. The Kitchen, yeah. Yes. Which we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that one later. Yes, we will. Um, so that's all good to hear. But I want to jump into a brand new segment, Kirk. Let's do it. We're going to call this segment Hype Train. And this is like what, you know what I mean by hype train? Like what you're hyping on. What's, what, what's coming out or what's coming up that you are heavily on the hype train for? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this could be movies. This could be TV. This could be 
something completely outside of that realm. You could be like, oh, there's a new serial coming out on Monday. Oh, I didn't know that rule. That's fantastic. That's a thing. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to stick with movies this time, but man, when we bring this back, I'm just Yeah, no, no, you can do, it, does, it can be whatever. It can be whatever. So, okay. I'm picturing this in the future. I want to get that horn. You know, like the reggae, the reggae horn, the rap horn. Do, do, do. Yeah, that one. Yep. That needs to be in this segment. That'd be and great. I just want to play some music that's like bumping, like uh, like Jersey Shore club music. As long as we fist bump the whole time. Yeah, we'll, because I, we just need to get the energy level up mm-hmm. for this segment. So maybe we can do it with our voices this time, but next time we're bringing sound effects and and more. Let's do it. That's the hope. What's your first hype train of the week, Kirk? My first hype train of the week is Tenet. Oh, oh, yes. Christopher Nolan. Oh, so I saw that teaser. Yes. Super shocking that it came before the kitchen film. Yeah. I was like, what? Like, what is this? We had only seen uh, just like snapshots of Tenet, just the the words, the the text of it. But now we saw like a first teaser trailer and John David Washington is in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Denzel's son. Fun fact, because I had to look this up. I said, okay, John David Washington, what else is he going to be in? He was in Black Klansman, killed it. So good. Oh, he did. Yeah, he was so good. That this, movie's great. This is crazy. I hope this is true. It's, yeah. it's nuts. John David Washington in 2006 was signed by the St. Louis Rams. What? After being undrafted during the draft pick. So okay. I don't, I don't know if he actually ever played, but he went, to, he went to school. He went to college on a football scholarship. And then apparently he was picked up by the Rams. I don't know if he actually played, but I found that extremely cool because you you see a lot of actors that have such, you know, just crazy versatility. Um, People who were Marines and then they went into acting later. um, All sorts of different crazy things. And this is super cool because he's a super cool guy. He's also Denzel Washington's son, as I said. Yeah, I vaguely remember this. Do you? I do. I I vaguely remember it. Um, I mean, I was a diehard Rams fan, but football rosters are pretty large. I believe... um, he was some sort of skill player. I think he was either a running back or a wide receiver. I should probably look that up, actually. Okay. Um, but I do vaguely remember him being on the team, and I feel like it wasn't one of these guys who's just like on the practice squad and is gone. So he probably had some field time. Like I think he, I think he for sure had field time because I remember it, and I was a kid, so I wouldn't, I wasn't paying attention to sports at the same level that I do now. Um, yeah, four years. Whoa. He played for. He spent four years as the running back. Um, oh, sorry, that's for that's for United Football League. So that's not that's not. But he was he was signed with the Rams as an undrafted free agent in two thousand six. So I don't know how long that tenure was, but that blows um, my mind. Pretty cool. It's I just love when there's like St. Louis ties because like we're here in the quote unquote Midwest where we have yeah. a couple of claims to fame like John Hamm, Jenna Fisher, um, John Goodman, John Goodman, Phyllis from The Office. I can never remember remember her name. I'm sorry. There's so there's so many others, but those are the ones that come to mind right away. And so that's pretty cool that there's yeah. a St. Louis tie-in right there, and from from Denzel. Like this is great. So yeah. also, what's happening in that trailer? No that clue. Teaser. He's walking through like this bright white room behind this glass. There's a bullet hole that he's investigating. I don't know what's happening. And then he walks like four feet, and he's in front of the same bullet hole. Yes. Like these. Yeah. There's some Inception stuff going. If we're going back into the realm of like Christopher Nolan weirdness, I'm yes. I'm so there for it. So in the text of Tenet of the title, it's the T's are. Well, first of all, it's uh, what is that when it's spelled the same uh, frontward and backward? Palindrome. Palindrome. Thank you. So it's palindrome. T E N E T. Like race car. First T. Last T are upside down from each other. Yeah. So a man, a plan, a canal, Panama. 
that's one right what's the other one is it taco cat is one too. taco cat yeah and in arrival the movie arrival with uh amy adams they yes, use palindrome they as do. a plot point which is so cool that movie's awesome yes it is yeah yeah so that's a good that's a good first hype train yes my first hype train is succession all I, right i panicked last night because i was just like on twitter really late and everybody was tweeting about succession and i was like what it was like whenever you have stress dreams about missing the first day of school or something like that that's what I felt like. Yeah. Because Succession season one was awesome. So good. Um, yeah, so it's back. I haven't, I haven't watched season episode one of season two yet, but oh my gosh. If you have not watched Succession, do it. I've not. It's good. I need to. What is it about? So it's about, um, it's essentially the Murdoch family. So the guys who, the big media empire, it's a family run media empire. Okay. And it's all about how they're all struggling for power and how they have immense political influence and... Um, just how, what money and power looks like on that scale and how it affects the family dynamic. It's insane. And it, it's, it's so, so good. I'm here for that. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So Season succession two. is back Yay. in a big way. So that was kind of a surprise. It then. was the best surprise ever. <laughs> I wasn't even tracking it because I had been watching so much other stuff. It's kind of nice because sometimes when you finish a show, you're like, oh, counting down the days until season two. And I was excited for season two, but I clearly like had enough stuff keeping me preoccupied to the point where season two just snuck up on me. You're right. It's like Christmas coming early. Like it's it's such a good feeling when the the new season, new episode drops without you knowing. Yeah, that's so good. I'm happy for you, man. My number two. Yeah. My number two hype train is gonna be Honey Boy with Shia LaBeouf. Yes. You should have just made Shia LaBeouf your your uh, hype train. Because, oh, yeah. Because he's back. He's in full force. Man, he he took a little bit of a break, and he's coming full swing out here. He is. This movie is like a documentary of him, and he's playing his father, and all the mm. actors that they have in between look just like him. So for those of you who don't know, Shia LaBeouf was on this fantastic Disney Channel original series called Even Stevens. Ran for 65 episodes, which it was so seemed, good. It was so good. Comic genius. Yes. It seemed so short when I looked it back up. I was like, only 65 episodes. I mean, we had some really big winners in there. Of course, we had the musical episode. Oh, it's it's so good. That and just, I always reference. Yeah. All the characters in that show. It's just it's great. And he dude, he's so good. He's so good in that show. Yes. And so now he's going to be, be playing his father to a kid that's playing him and the art well and it's lucas hedges i mean yes. there, well there's the there's the little there's the little shia which i think they're calling this character otis i think so um but yeah lucas hedges who i mean he's incredible love so yep. he's playing the the teenage that's right shia LaBeouf, yes which it's so it's it's perfect it's all perfect and you see that he's already picked up his mannerisms and trying to portray shia labeouf in the trailer the trailer is like two and a half minutes long which gives us this, just the perfect picture of what we're going to get in this movie without giving anything away and I, i'm all for it i'm super pumped for it yeah it looks it looks really high quality too i would yes. just say like from a production value standpoint it looks really good like that first scene in the trailer where Lucas Hedges is presumably on like the set of Transformers or something like that and yes. getting blown backwards by that explosion. It's really gripping and, and really pulls you in. This movie's getting a lot of award buzz. Mm -hmm. um, whether that means that Shia will be nominated for anything, I don't know. But he's on a big role. So mm -hmm. he's got that. Um, he's got the Peanut Butter Falcon, which is out right now. And that movie has like, if it doesn't have 100%, it's pretty darn close yes. on Rotten Tomatoes supposed to be really good really heartwarming i want to see it and then 
they just announced that he's going to be in a crime drama with Robert De Niro. Well, I'm going to see that because I'm on my mafia. Yeah, kick. I mean, <laughs> this guy, and I I have to admit, I, I have definitely, I'm more in love with like the mystique of Shia LaBeouf right now than I am the person, but <laughs> I think if he turns out to be like a, like to come back and like be a big star and like not just some weirdo who's like sitting in a box in an art museum or watching all of his movies on live stream without stopping it makes all that stuff more fun like we just we i just showed you for the first time shia labeouf live which is amazing yes i'm so sad that i had never seen that before i've seen the gif a hundred times i didn't know they were connected and yeah it was so good we gotta post it on social because i don't know that everybody has seen it and it's hilarious but like all that stuff like that and the live streaming thing is so fun but I think it will be more fun if he gets back to his glory. Oh, and the just do it that the oh obviously it's so it, all that do it all of that stuff is so good. <laughs> Yesterday you said tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> like there's so it's I just want I want Shia back. I want him on top of the world. Yes. Like if he just somehow came in and won Best Actor, I would be standing at the front of the parade. Like I, that that dude. He has to be back. And even more exciting than his performance for his best actor will be his speech for the acceptance of best actor. Yeah, it's actor. like, dude, call off the orchestra. We, However long this needs to go, let him go. Give him the platform. Yes. I'm fearing for it. So great. Yeah. Um, okay. I am jealous of that hype train. I wanted it. But it's okay. I have more. Okay. My next one is football, just in general. Because yes. football season is here. Okay. You may have started to hear the great... You know, that music that mm-hmm. kind of like gets your gets your blood pumping a little bit, gets you excited for football. Um, yeah, preseason. I've been watching all the preseason, which I mean that's pretty bad if you're watching preseason football. Like that's your that's your utmost form of entertainment is to watch fourth string football players like try to compete for a roster spot. Anyway, well, you know. I'm all over it, mostly because I love fantasy football. And so I am I'm hyped. It's it's almost here. We're, we've been in like the dog days where it's just only baseball, and when your baseball team is mediocre, like mine is, it's football can't come soon enough. Mm-hmm. So let's make it happen. Yeah, it's my hype train number two. And Packers is your team, right? Yeah, go pack, go. I'm a recent convert. That's once right. the once the Rams left me for dead, I had to find a new team. I decided to pick a good one. Packers, go pack, Exciting. go. That's a good one. That's a good hype. Any other hype trains for you? I got one more. Let's hear it. You probably know this one. I cannot wait for the Irishman, man. Oh, you're still on the Irishman. I'm yeah. Still on the Irishman. Yeah. Oh, I just can't wait. So when it when does that come out? September twenty third. And did we find out 27th. it's going straight to I think it's twenty seventh actually. Dang it. Okay. Yeah. I, well, I think you said twenty seventh last week, so I don't know. It's one of those two. Um did we find out if it's going straight to Netflix? Straight to Netflix. It That's might, awesome. It might be doubly released, but it's definitely going straight to Netflix. And yeah. I am so pumped. I've been watching the trailer like left and right. And once I came off a Bronx tale, really looking at that and knowing that that was De Niro's last like last good movie, like yeah. really good movie. Besides, you know, Meet the Parents was an excellent comedy. We won't talk about the following sequels that came after that that were trash. Um, but th- this is going to be such a big win for Scorsese, for De Niro, for Al Pacino and everyone that's going to be. And Joe Pesci coming out of retirement. Yeah, yeah. That's huge. Yeah. It, I mean, the hype is there. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be good, and it's getting award buzz as well. We're kind of in that time of year where people are starting to project where things are going to fall. You know what uh, my other hype is? What? Our Oscar episodes of this Popcorn for Breakfast podcast. Oh, there's going to be so many. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I mean, we need to start planning all that because mm-hmm. I'm I'm for it. All we need to do all the award season because we'll have to do a Golden Globes primer. Sag. Maybe we do Gotham Awards. <laughs> we just go for all of the like niche awards. It's like, all right, guys, we got the Screen Actors Guild Awards tonight. Let's break down who's going to win each category. <laughs> BAFTA and everything. Yeah, yeah. No, that would be that would be great. But yeah, we're we're all in for award season. Maybe we should get some tuxedos. I don't think we're going to get involved invited to any, but we should just have them on standby. We could just wear them while we record. I think we should in this hot studio. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we should. Um, well, award season is cold, so we'll be very cold. Oh, that's so we true. Can just layer layer up. Oh, that'll make us very nice and warm. I love it. All right, we'll put that on the back burner. I have one more hype train as well. What you got? Star Wars. It's Star Wars. Yes. Because people are talking about Star Wars now because it's coming, man. Mm-hmm. December 20th is like not that far away. No, is it on December 20th? December 20th. Shout out to your mom's birthday. Yeah, it is. That's great. Yeah, happy birthday, mom. I'm going to go to the movies. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so they started the John Williams brother today was like, the score is done, which I mean, I think it's probably been done for a little while. Mm-hmm. And you should just know that every theme that we've ever heard in Star Wars is going to be in this. And so I posted on Facebook. I was like, get the tissues ready. I'm going to be openly sobbing in the theater because I just, I'm in love with the series. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I got, I bought a shirt the other day that has all nine logos of the Star Wars movies because why not? I know I came in to, to the house and I saw you, you were like 30 feet away from me. And I said, I love your shirt before I even said yeah. hi to you. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm all on it. If like, if anybody puts anything Star Wars in front of my face for the next 90 days, I'm just going to purchase it. Yes. So just know that. Perfect. All right. So that's hype train. Let us know what you think about this segment. Remember, keep in mind, next time we're coming with heat. Do, do, do. Yeah, we're going to have all the sound effects. I, I mean, I don't know if we're going to have sound effects. I'm Hopefully. I'm selling it, but I don't know how what will change between now and then. That's <laughs> I guess that's that's what I'm saying. See what happens. All right. Let's move into movie news. We'll keep it short on movie news. There there were a couple of big stories, but nothing too groundbreaking. The the biggest one, the one that everybody's talking about on Twitter and other social media channels, is The Hunt, which was um, a Blumhouse horror film that was being fronted by Universal as the distri- distribution you know, studio, and it got shelved because the, the whole premise of this movie is the elite hunting the poor. Um, people got really upset about it. I guess, I don't know, there were some political undertones and what have you, but I think what's really kind of interesting about this for better or worse is that we have more influence now than we ever have on stuff like this like Mm -hmm. it's to the point where you used to hear something get mentioned on social media and you'd be like oh man that would be really cool like that would be really cool if somebody you know took star wars and made episode seven eight and nine yep and but then it starts to happen and like i'm waiting i'm just waiting for this like batman beyond thing that we just keep beating into the ground we keep talking about it but so many people are talking about that you know it's going to happen because that's how things go like speak it into existence right yeah and like sonic sonic had a f- complete redesign right. because of the outcry from social media yeah it's a crazy yeah, so time. like we have tons of power but i'm i want to hear your take on the hunt but i'll give mine real quick go for it i'm i'm not for shelving the movie and i don't i don't care about the political crap i don't care about anything that's involved with it I just think let the let the uh, market decide. You know, if people don't like the tone of the movie, guess what? They won't go see it. But just because a bunch of people scream loud and say we don't want this, it's not a reason to, you know, there was there was a director and a creative team who worked hard on this film. There were actors who 
you know, maybe turn down other projects for this movie because they believed in it. And regardless of political leanings or whatever you have going on, like this movie should see the light of day. I don't think it should be shelved just because a bunch of people on social media are screaming loudly about it. Yeah, I'm with you. And the thing is, it doesn't exactly relate to the things that are happening. This story has been done before. Like, it, it's a classic Yeah, tale. the most dangerous game. There you go. That's Everybody exactly read that in is. school, right? Yes, and like the sixth grade or something crazy. Yeah, it's not, it's not groundbreaking. Yeah, so like this is that. And it's not that, I mean, obviously in a movie where you're, you know, just trying to find and hunt people down there's guns but there's like a number of other weapons that they have in the house yeah. in the trailer that this happens with so i don't really think that they needed to do it it's okay that they did but i don't think that anyone would have been mad at them if they had released it on time. no i don't think so either and so the big question is are they going to release it later it's i think it's just indefinite at indefinite this point. okay gotcha we know that it's done to the point where they were marketing it mm-hmm. but they just went full stop. Yeah, pretty, really strange cast. Emma Roberts, Hilary Swank, Ethan Supley, which is that guy from, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Remember the Titans? One of oh, the, yeah, one of yeah, yeah. Linebackers, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's a strange cast. Yeah. Oh, Justin Hartley from This Is Us is in it? Like, this is weird. I don't, maybe they, maybe they were just like, oh, let's just shelve it because of that. <laughs> I don't know. This is, maybe this is a convenient <laughs> chance for us to, like, not. I don't know, maybe not lose more money than we were already going to lose on this thing. That's right. That's right. I, I could take that angle. <laughs> Universal's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you guys are probably right. We should maybe not do this. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see about that. So maybe, maybe it'll come back later. Yep. Next bit of news. I consider this bad news. Mm-hmm. And it pains me to say it because I don't think it's any secret that I'm a big Disney fan. We've talked about it on the podcast. Big Disney guy. They, you know, they acquired Fox and they've been kind of looking over projects well, after Dark Phoenix kind of tanked, they were telling their shareholders like, oh yeah, like our film division didn't do well in the quarter, like the, the second quarter or whatever, but that was Dark Phoenix. So our solution to that is we're just going to do what they're calling a bunch of like reimaginings or retellings. So what that means is more remakes now to the tune of cheaper by the dozen remake or reimagining. Sorry, I should use the on-brand language. Night at the Museum, Reimagining. Please, no. And then Home Alone, which I'm like, no, come on. You can't be doing that. First of all, why anybody would want to make Cheaper by the Dozen again is beyond me. Same with Night at the Museum. Yikes. Especially Night at the Museum. Like, neither of those are great. I'm sure you could make those good, but not none of them are stories that people are clamoring for. Like, oh, man, if they had just made Night at the Museum a little bit better, it would have been so great. Also, one of the great things that made Night at the Museum great was Robin Williams as Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't... I don't. I would say don't touch it. Yeah, I wouldn't mess with it. And the one thing you absolutely don't touch is Home Alone. No. We... We're not going to have classics if we keep doing this. Like, if, like, so I just watched Citizen Kane the other day. If somebody all of a sudden decided we're going to remake Citizen Kane, people would riot in the streets. Right. They'd be like, oh, it's a classic. I want the same defense for movies like Home Alone mm-hmm. because it has, it has a big following and it means, it means something to a lot of people, that original movie. And any, you know, derivations on that or any new versions just kind of like taint the original they do i wouldn't they're they're not up for remakes if you want to add a terrible sequel so be it but right but don't don't remake it don't reboot it yeah i agree i, I totally agree so i i don't know disney i mean i know that you have to please the shareholders but 
Also, let's have some artistic integrity along the way, right? Right. And didn't didn't the shareholders get pleased when Avengers made billions and so billions of Avengers, dollars? So, Avengers highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah. You've got Lion King, which is now officially the highest grossing animated film of all time. Right. Yeah. I mean, all smash hits. So Disney Plus is coming out next month or whatever. Right. Come on. Even Aladdin, Aladdin which was not highly acclaimed by the critics, got really good got really good earnings to the point where they're now discussing a sequel to that Aladdin movie. I saw that today. Shout out to maybe it's going to be Return of Jafar. Oh, they do like a live action Return of the Jafar. That <laughs> would it be comes to theater <laughs> appeasing our, our one of our, our listeners. Yeah, yeah. This is this goes out to you. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. But I don't, I don't like the direction they're heading here. I don't, I don't want more remakes. In fact, I thought I would feel weird about not seeing Aladdin, but I'm actually just kind of like, meh about it. So maybe more of these remakes will come and go without me seeing them. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm somewhat obligated to see it, but not overly obligated. I'm with you too. Maybe the remakes will just come straight to Disney Plus and not hit theaters. Yeah, let's just do that. I'd be fine with that. That would yeah. make sense. A streaming service film. Just don't put it in theaters. Yeah, that would be cool. Then it's the people who want it can find it mm -hmm. and get it. And the people who don't, don't have to worry about it. I hope they make that shift. Yeah, we'll see. Last bit of movie news. Treadstone. Mm-hmm. It's a television show set back to the universes, Kirk, in the Jason Bourne universe. Yes, it is. Yeah, and it's going to be on USA Network. That's right. I don't even know where to start with this thing. So Jason Bourne is a fantastic character. Matt Damon killed it, except for the last film, which wasn't his fault, titled Jason Bourne. I couldn't get through that movie. Was um, Bourne Legacy good? Born Legacy was okay. Jeremy Renner did a really good job. Because Matt Damon's not in that one at all, right? At all. No. No, okay. he's not. But Jeremy Renner carries that film. They have a really good kind of tie-in story that explains that the, how many more super soldiers there are. Um, they actually, they, they actually they just explode it for you. <laughs> there, are, there are super soldiers in, in addition to the brainwashing of these soldiers and, and getting yeah. them on their, on their plan, right? So I dig that. It's really cool. And Jeremy Renner kills it. And it's not like phenomenal, but it's a great action movie. Yeah. Uh, and then they had the sequel brought Matt Dagan Damon back with Jason Bourne. Is that the one where that famous vine comes or like that famous clip of the Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. Is that where that comes from? Oh, I don't know. If Here's so, even if that movie's bad, the contribution of that to society is worth it. Because <laughs> I, I love it when it's like some low quality video of a little kid playing with a lightsaber and they throw that in there. <laughs> it's yes. like, Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. Here's uh, here's why I don't know if that line's in there because I fell asleep. There are only like 30 lines of dialogue in that movie. The rest oh. is just crazy action. I fell asleep because I need dialogue in my movie too. Yeah, it's like watching NASCAR. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just like loud noises, fast movements. They're turning left again. Yeah, throw that on a Sunday afternoon. It's, it's news time. Yeah, so now we have this TV show in the Jason Bourne world, the universe coming to USA Network. And I don't know, like, do we need it? I don't know. I'm moderately, I'm, I'll get moderately excited about it. Of course, I say that now and I'll probably never watch a single episode of this <laughs> show, but I will say that like the mystique of the Treadstone project and the way that they play that out over the course of the first three films yeah. is really good and keeps you to the end of Ultimatum where you're like, oh man, this is, this is cool. We're getting down to the wire. We're finding out where he came from and what have you. So, I, I mean... More on that could be could be cool. Kind of like that, like creepy, 
brainwashing, like clockwork orange type deal, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And maybe Julia Stiles can be in it too, because that was one of the best things to happen to her career after the Yeah, 90s. she could use some more work. Let's, yes. th- let's throw something her way. She'll, she'll appreciate it. <laughs> Though she was in uh, Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And she did pretty good in that. Yeah, she did do a good job. So we'll see about Treadstone. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll watch the first episode, then make a judgment call. I guess it's okay. It's a good move for USA to have picked it up to, got that, to get that bidding because when you know all of the streaming platforms are taking over, to get a show that's integrated into a movie universe like this is pretty big. Yeah, it, I mean, it is. Same with Snowpiercer. That's regular. What network is that? TBS. Yeah, so. Which I mean, is bizarre, by the way. Very. That's a weird pairing. But, I mean, I will say, like, when USA Network started to make shows... Like, because Mr. Robot was on USA Networks, and that's highly critically acclaimed. Right. You know, some of these networks, they feel like if they get one big break, they're in. Yep. And I think that that's mostly true, because once you get some validity behind your the name of your network, you know, TBS is kind of like, we play reruns of the Big Bang Theory type network right now. Mm-hmm. But let's say this thing is a smash hit and people start to take them seriously, then all you need is a couple more shows and you're in it. That's right. I mean, Suits is coming up to the end of its season, uh, end of its series with princess markle gone yes yes <laughs> so, that's right so yeah it's gonna be it, it we'll, we'll hope it's good it's a good business move at least yeah for sure everybody's scooping up market share right now mm-hmm. there dude there are so many streaming platforms and the money that's being thrown around is insane i saw something about um hbo max today and i might be, i might be getting their numbers wrong but i saw that they were gonna throw down like north of a billion dollars for the rights for the rights to Big Bang Theory and something else. I can't remember which one it was, but it was another it was another big show that people watched. And so they're just like throwing down huge cash for these movies. That or, or for wild. these T V shows that they know that people will watch. So I think, you know, friend we saw the Friends money. Yep. You know, because I think CBS snatched Friends back and they're like, We're gonna take this to our streaming platform or no, mm. NBC, sorry. Okay. Or no, NBC's taking the office. Sorry. There's there's so many. It's so Oh, Big Bang Theory and Two and a Half Men. One point five billion dollars for those two. Two and, and a half men. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm worried to say anything ill of that show because it had such a huge following, so there's almost a guarantee that someone listening right now likes that show. Okay. Um but yeah, I mean Big Bang Theory obviously has a massive following, but one point five billion is insane. Yes, it is. But, you know, The Office is leaving Netflix, Friends is leaving Netflix, everybody's scooping up shows, trying to get that one show, Hulu's got Seinfeld, you know, they want that one big show that's going to make people buy it. Yep, yep, um, yep. So it's going to be interesting, it's going to be a very cluttered, cluttered marketplace very soon. Well, I think The Irishman on Netflix is just going to take all the money, so I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Netflix is still hanging in there. Um, okay, that's it for movie news. Let's move into our review, which... I just want to say, we're going to take it in a little bit of a different direction. And this is because Kirk and I care about you all very, very much. We do. And I mean this with the utmost seriousness, that this movie was not good. Okay? It was, it was, not, it was not good. Abysmal. Yeah. So, we could go through our normal categories like we do. But what we're going to do instead, because there is no best actor, there is no scene stealer... There is no showstopper because this is a low-quality film. Um, We're going to give you a synopsis of this film, and then we're going to dive into a new segment, and we'll explain that later. But the basic plot of this movie, it's based off of a DC comic series by the same name, I believe. 
mm-hmm. um, which is supposed to be pretty good. It's it's a cool concept actually, and I was very, I was honestly excited for this movie. Yes, uh, we have an all female led cast. We've got, or I shouldn't say all female, but a female led cast. Mm-hmm. We've got a female director, also a first time director. So I always like to support somebody's work when it's their first time. You know, like you want you want people like if it was my first time directing a movie, I would want people to support me for that reason. Exactly. Yeah. So. I mean, I was excited. So the basic concept behind this is that three women whose husbands are in the mafia. This is set... When is it set, Kirk? Like the 1970s? Yeah. Is when we open the scene. Yeah, it's set in the 70s, the late 70s. um, And the basic principle is their husbands go to prison for some sort of... They do a heist and they get caught. They're going to be gone for three years. They expect the mafia to take care of them because it's kind of like that old mafia, like taking care of family. These women don't work because their husbands have lucrative jobs and they have families to take care of. Um, plus, it's the 70s, right. so not not modern. And, well, that kind of falls through. Like, the mafia is not really giving them the money that they need, and so they take matters into their own hands. Um, cool concept, right? It is. It really is. I really wanted this to succeed, and it didn't. It did not. It did not. So... What we are going to do is we are going to do a new segment, which is... Cameron is laughing because I'm just shaking my yeah, head in disappointment. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do a new segment that's loosely based off of this segment that they used to have on Weekend Update um, on SNL, where they go, really? And they break down one thing and they just say really over and over again. <laughs> we're going to do why. Why? Like, why did this happen? Why Why are all of these things here? And it so it won't be spoiler free i'll just caveat that yes because like cameron said we care about you don't go see this unless after you hear our takes on it if you want to watch it and enjoy what we have to say about it because there are bad movies out there and sometimes bad movies are fun to watch yes this one's not but maybe you could enjoy it with the commentary of us telling you about it yeah exactly so not spoiler free but we're going to dig into it now so kirk can i ask you one question why 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 are there so many cuts in this movie why there are so many cuts so i started counting Mm -hmm. the longest scene that i got to this is real life kirk was Mm. 90 seconds long wow that's insane that's like michael bay status and this is coming two weeks removed from watching tarantino who does like 20 minute scenes (laughs) yes and i was blown away i was like there's no flow it was like watching one big long montage they should have just set music to the whole thing and had no dialogue and An just it would have felt minutes. the same way <laughs> yeah why why so why why hey why did the characters linger in the river when they were dumping dead bodies right the freezing cold river at night they're freaking cold man why were they i mean they sat in the river for like three minutes in between all of those rapid fire cuts dom hall gleason is in there and like the three women are standing up on the pier and he just passed the body and he's like hey so uh, this is how you dump bodies it's no big deal yeah and it doesn't make any sense. Right. I'm like, isn't the old mafia thing like you uh, fill their shoes full of cement and throw them in the river? That way they won't float. Exactly. Like, do you have to go chest high in freezing cold water for an extended period of time to yes. get rid of a body? And this, I forget what time of year it, it takes place, but it's over the course of several years. But it's cold because they're wearing coats at some point. There's yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Smoke coming off the rooftops in the, in the pans over the city. And, and then there's a point where Elizabeth Moss jumps in. And she like bathes in it. She it's like kind of a it's supposed to be symbolic, but it's not. She like dumps her head under and like waves her hair back like Elsa style and she's like, 
all right, I did it. I killed someone. I sent them down the river. It's terrible. Yeah. Why? Yeah, and also that brings up a good question, which is why is there no discernible time period that this takes place over the course of? So like you mentioned it, like there's multiple seasons yes. that we see like visually, but we have no idea how much time has passed. We just know that like arbitrarily some time is passing. Uh, otherwise, the temperatures are fluctuating very drastically <laughs> from day to day. Right. But it's never like... Yeah, so we get that time marker at the beginning where it's like 1978, whatever. And you're like, oh, okay. Never see anything like that for the rest of the movie. Nope. So we could have ended in 1980. We could have ended in 2019. <laughs> Couldn't tell you, to be honest with you. Very good point. All right. I have another why. Tell me. So Common is in this movie. Common plays, and I like Common. Yeah. I was excited to see him on the cast list. I was actually very excited about this entire cast list. It, mm. looked, it looked really good. Common plays the detective who's looking into this whole thing. And usually in these mob movies, you ha you get sort of like both sides of the story. Like you're seeing what's going on with the mafia. You're seeing what's going on with the detective. That way, when inevitably one of these sides prevails, you have feelings, right? Because feelings are an important <laughs> thing to give the audience during a movie. And we'll get to that later too. <laughs> so why does Common not talk in this movie, Kirk? <laughs> I think he has like five lines. Common has a career in talking. He's in those commercials where he just talks. Yeah, he's about like a spoken Microsoft, word right? artist. Oh. Yeah. Why doesn't he talk? Why doesn't he talk? There, there are so many opportunities for him to just kill it, and they just don't give him the opportunity. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's unexplainable. What yeah, otherwise you got? I got so many, man. Why did they have zero backstory of the relationships with the husbands? Right. Especially at the beginning. So later on in the movie, they come back to it because the, the husbands get released from prison and they see like, oh, the women's took our job and, and they, they're doing so well, but we're back and we need to be the men because it's the 1970s and early 1980s. And yeah. We had zero idea of why these people got married. Did they? I mean, we had a little idea of if they were like some really cheap stuff like, oh, Elizabeth Moss's husband beats her up. Yeah, okay. so we get like the basic temperature of like, these people have a good relationship. Yeah. These people have a not good relationship. These people have a medium relationship that's just physical. Like, it's terrible. Yeah. I, I, could we have gotten some flashbacks to their weddings? I mean, there is such good content. So uh, Tiffany Haddish is in this movie and she's married to an Irishman. Okay, so you have black woman, Irishman, 1970s lots of good stuff right there yeah and they kind of just skim the surface yes there's one scene there's one scene where she's speaking to her mother-in-law and they dive into it it's probably tiffany's best spot in the movie but they could have done that throughout the entire film just give us a flashback he, he gives these throwaway lines like do you know what i had to do to you know what it cost me to marry you and it's like yeah tell me more like that's so good like let's let's yeah i would like to that. know actually oh man so it i couldn't care less about the wives when they were struggling with any emotions about their husband when they when they all eventually well, yeah because one of the key plot points of the movie is like melissa mccarthy won't turn on her husband mm -hmm. and you're like so like why is she so loyal to this guy yeah you know i mean i get that he's like the father of her kids but we don't see any of the backstory like you said i don't even think he speaks to his kids in the movie <laughs> I don't know that he does. I don't know that he does, to be honest with you. I don't think he's in the same room with, uh, with him yeah. at any point. Yeah. You just, and, and that's just kind of one of the central themes is like, there's no emotion in this film. Yes. And I think a lot of it is bad screenwriting. A lot of it is bad screenwriting. And I say screenwriting rather than just writing because it's not just the dialogue, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like it's, it's where people are placed in scenes. It's how people are reacting to things that they've been told. It's, very strange and v does not feel organic or natural at all. It, and it 
really kills any sense of emotion you could possibly have toward this movie. Mm-hmm. And one of the crazy things is so that the first time director, Andrea something, I got to look up her last name. I got you. But she was one of the lead screenwriters, screenplay writers on Straight Outta Compton. Right. Which did great. Oscar Andrea Burloff. Burloff. Thank you. So like, why? What? Why? What happened? Yeah. What did happen? Was this not proofread? I don't understand. Well, I think I think it's a different skill set between writing and directing a movie. And, you know, she was not the only writer on Straight Out of Compton. True. Um, she was with a writing team. So maybe she has more of a, a storytelling background because I think the reason there were so many cuts in this movie is because she's trying to tell a story really quickly and she's trying to cover a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. But it just it kind of falls apart because of that because i think she she just sort of failed to tell the story i mean she yes. had a story there she just didn't take hold of some of the nuances that you need to be able to tell a story effectively it's it's a full package yep and then to direct the movie is a whole another set of responsibilities that it's not easy i mean i heard somebody say one time the the person who wins best director at the Oscars, that film should always win Best Picture. I agree. Because you can't... Those awards should be synonymous because the director has such influence on the film that to say that somebody was the best director but didn't have the best movie is not true. It can never be true. Um, so, yeah. I, I mean, that's one of my theories, but I don't know. I mean, Straight Outta Compton obviously had... It was it was either nominated or won for their screenplay. I think, they, I think they might have one it did really well yeah so that's that's a question i have more whys though kirk i have tons more go for it why does dom hall gleason not open his eyes in this movie man <laughs> is that just weird character choice <laughs> it's like he's like all right so and dom hall gleason's a good actor so i don't mean this to disparage him yes but i think he was given very little direction and very little help from the script because his two defining character traits are <laughs> This weird accent that he has. Yes. And the fact that he like almost never opens his eyes. They're like 75% of the way closed the entire movie. <laughs> That's true. There's no there's no backstory. There's no characterization. So he's like, I guess I'm kind of a threat. I'll squint my eyes for most of this movie. Yeah, I, I totally noticed that. You're spot on with that. What otherwise you got? Why did they not explain why these women were smart? Yes. They they just come into this. So the the husbands go away and the women say the women go to the mob and they tell them we're just going to give you x amount of dollars and you're going to like it. And they said, "Well, we're just going to take over." So all that these women did, all that they show us is that they went to all the different businesses that have them them in their pockets and they say, "Hey, we're going to collect the money now." They right. don't they don't show like any of the other organized crime things like drug trafficking or any kind of trafficking or racketeering or whatever it might be they don't show how these women were able to increase revenue from these businesses right all of a sudden like one montage later six cuts later they show oh hey because you're collecting the money instead of the original mob guys we make more money makes no sense right and also like how they take down the entire mob which has been ruling hell's kitchen for a long time with like two guys yes because they didn't want to, they didn't want to like carry out the acts themselves at first, at yeah. first, and so they have like these two guys that are like related to Melissa McCarthy, who are just like going door to door, like killing mobsters. I'm like, don't you think somebody would have got like got wind of that plot right. <laughs> and knocked those two guys off? I <laughs> don't know. Yeah, they beat them up at one point, but they don't kill them. They don't kill them. No, 
They're no. like, oh, we've killed all these people, but you know what? We're just going to rough you up. Don't do it again. I, I, I promise. I'll, I'll do Next it. Next time, we'll get you. Slap on the wrist. It doesn't make sense because these women are smart. They don't show us how they're smart, which then hurts the audience's catharsis. Yeah, yeah. it's bad. It's very strange. I, I, I'm, I got nothing else on this. What else do you got? Any other wise? Oh, man, I've got a million. Can I just like run through them? Yeah, just go quick. Okay, Rapid so fire. Why are there so many random characters? Why was Tiffany Haddish's husband the best male actor in this movie when he was just as equally as terrible? Yes. Why did the girls go to a secluded location that they've never been to before with an Italian that looked like Derek Zoolander? Yeah, how they're like... (laughs) The Zoolander bit got me, but they're like... This guy's like, hey, you got a meeting in Brooklyn. He walks up to them. Someone's on the payphone, and he just like walks up and says, hey, let's go. And then the next day, they get in a car with him. They're like, meh, sure. They drive across town. They go into a building they've never been into before. Everything's closed off, no windows, and they just think that they're not going to get killed. And these are our smart mobsters. Right. Yeah, like running the whole Irish mafia. They would never do that. It would not happen. Why was the scene that Tiffany Haddish riding in the subway look like the graffiti sprayed happened five minutes before and looked like what you think graffiti is when you're in the fifth grade? Uh, Because both of those things were true. They were (laughs) done by somebody who doesn't know how to... (laughs) Do graffiti and did it fi- in five minutes, five minutes before they shot the movie. It was terrible. Why did the villain from Jessica Jones season three punch that wall? <laughs> so yes. This is the this is the husband of Elizabeth Moss. He's the he's the wife beater. At one point, he just gets mad and his expression of anger. He just randomly punches a hole through the wall for no reason. Uh-huh. It's terrible. It's very similar to when Luke Skywalker kicks the sand at the beginning of A New Hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, chill out, man. It's what brought me to that. Why are there no leaders? Why are there no rules? And this so this could have been so much better. Not, like, not drastically better, but they could have like done a flashback um, kind of storyline narrative. Okay, because I'm watching all the mob movies. They could have easily done like a memory started halfway or started yeah. at the end and done a back narrative. Right. And they didn't. Oh, so that made me think of one more why. Tell me. So like 30 minutes before this movie is over, you get this big reveal that like, oh man, Common was in it the whole time and he's been helping Tiffany Haddish and she's now in in league with the Harlem Mafia and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it catches you so off guard because it's like, oh, were you like building towards that? Because I didn't pick up on that at all because you left me no scent on that trail whatsoever. Correct. And also, it happens like it's supposed to be this big mind-blowing thing. And then they're just like, all right, carry on. Next part of the movie. <laughs> and you're like, wait, so what? And he doesn't say a word to no. your point earlier and now, Common doesn't say a word to that reveal, and he doesn't say anything the rest of the film. No, he, that's it. Nor does he die. Like he No, gets... we've already heard everything we've, we need to hear from Common <laughs> at that point. No resolution, no no win from, from the women killing him, nothing. It's bizarre. Oh, I have so many more, but you guys you guys get the idea. Yeah. It's terrible. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. I, I will just say that. I was, I was genuinely... A lot of times I watch a bad movie, and I just shrug it off, because I'm like, ah, bad movies are made every day. This is just another one to add to the pile. This was this felt like a significant waste of talent. Yes. Melissa McCarthy can act at an Academy Award level. Mm-hmm. We've seen it. She can do it. Elizabeth Moss, same thing. Tiffany Haddish is incredible. There's a reason she's on the rise. Yes. She's really good. Dom Hall Gleason, really good. And what did we get? Squinties. Bad writing. Yeah. Squinty eyes. Yeah. Ba- <laughs> we got bad writing. We got bad direction. And 
a really big letdown of a movie. If I had to pick a scene stealing moment, okay, it would. There's one. There's one very brief ten second clip because again, all these cuts were so quick. Where the girls are super excited. They they got their first money from taking and collecting, and they're in the club. And Tiffany Haddish looks like she's wearing her famous, her infamous white dress that she says that she will wear over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. So she went on SNL a long time ago from her first big break that she was hosting SNL. She said, I got this dress. You saw me wear this dress to to whatever award show last week. She's like, I'm going to wear this dress over and over again. (laughs) This dress cost $3,000. I'm wearing it over and over and over again. It looked like the same dress. I don't know if that's true, but I hope it is. It might be. I hope so. I smiled like ear to ear because I love that about Tiffany Haddish that that she did that so if the best moment (laughs) for me in the movie was something that's completely related to the actor and not the story again why yeah and and one I'll give one last bit that I forgot to mention Mm -hmm. it's the clumsiness of this movie is so extreme that even the most basic things you know pretty much anybody who's made a seventh grade film project can set a movie to music (laughs) This movie does so in such a weird and bizarre way. Like at one point they play um, Fleetwood Mac's The Chain for like 30 seconds over a scene and it doesn't make any sense within the context of that scene and the music is there is gone just as fast as it was there and you're like, wait, what just happened? Yes. Like I almost wanted to rewind. I was in the theater and I'm like, <laughs> what did I just miss? Because it didn't make any sense at all. Yeah. So it's just stuff like that. Like if it's not clear enough, what kind of movie we're dealing with here by now it will be clear by our scores which we will give now Kirk let's hear it very easy this movie had poor direction it didn't know if it wanted to be a drama or a slapstick comedy I think that the director let the actors play to their strengths which is why we saw some weird moments happen throughout this in addition to all the strange things that we just discussed this gets a two this gets a flat two kernels yeah ten yeah, I I went one seven, <laughs> which I couldn't even tell you where those extra three decimal points came from. It just really felt right. <laughs> the, the one seven really felt right. I don't know why that's tickling me so much right now. I love it. Um, yeah, it's I don't even know where it earns these one point seven points. I guess from the fact that like you at least kind of understand what happened at the end. You're like like you see you don't know yeah. how everything happened, but from beginning to end, you're like here's where we started and here's where we ended. And it's not like totally unrealistic for it to end where it did. So sure. Yeah. You, you, you did tell somewhat of a story. It did have a few, like not good moments, but potential moments. Like I said, there were, so there was like one really good kill in this. They killed a lot of people, but there was one really good kill. Yeah. They kill common's partner, which we later found out on the terrible reveal that common killed him. Yeah. And it comes out of nowhere. His partner has less lines than, than common. <laughs> and it's a really good kill. It's a really good shot. It's shocking. It's yeah, you kind of jump out of your chair a little I bit. I did jump, yeah. yeah. Uh, but o- overall, just the, 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 that's where those 1.7 and 2 come from, from just the potential like, oh, that would have been good if you also would have done this. Yes, I know. It. Yeah, I know. And that, and that is sort of the overall theme. So if you saw The Kitchen, we want to hear your thoughts. We do. If you liked the movie, I just want to hear your side of the story. We're, I will never, ever judge anyone's like of any movie. Mm-hmm. I just want to hear the thoughts because maybe we missed something or maybe maybe there's some piece of the puzzle that makes this better. I don't know. Yep. Yep. yep, yep. So hit us up on Twitter at PFB underscore podcast. Also hit us up on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Wherever you need to find us, you can find us. It's not that hard. Do, do, do. 
Yeah, that's where we'll put the we'll put the reggae horn in next <laughs> week there as well. So, moving on to our top five, which is not movie related this week, partially because of what I mentioned in the open. We just kept like having the same movies on our list, which wasn't terrible, but like I wanted to switch it up a little bit, do something a little different. So, because this movie is called The Kitchen, it's not about a kitchen, believe it or not. Hey, do you think that's like? Do you think that was like a a play on words? You know, like they call it the kitchen and it's all women and how there's like all like the people who wrote the comic book. Do you think they did that? Because they're like, people say all those terrible things on the internet, like stay in the kitchen and Mm -hmm. whatever. Absolutely. It takes place in hell's kitchen and it's the 1970s and these women are taking over. Absolutely. Wow. That just hit me. So maybe you shouldn't trust my movie review because that flew right (laughs) over my head until this exact (laughs) moment. But anyway, on the topic of the kitchen. We're doing the top five kitchen gadgets and appliances. Mm-hmm. This is this could be anything from a fork to a general electric range, slide-in range, yeah, a ninja blender, whatever you want. So let's get cracking. I'm excited about this one. I've got strong feelings on this too. Okay. I want you to go first because I went first last week. Number, number five. five. Got the oven. Oh, just straight up. Straight up the oven, man. There are so many meals that happen in the oven. Um, I, I Very rarely do you not use the oven when you make a meal. It's true. It's got to be in your top five. If you're making... So it's not in my top five. I'll just what? say that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, sure, we get baked goods out of the oven, which is a big one. You know, baking happens on, in the oven. Pizza? Pizza happens in the oven. Bread? Right. Yeah. Fish sticks? Oh, gosh. Fries? I'm, I'm filled with regret. <laughs> I, I made an enormous mistake. <laughs> But, well, yeah, so the oven is a good pick. I'm jealous. I have pick envy now. <laughs> Anything else you want to say on the oven no, so that good. I can feel guilty about not including it? <laughs> Trying to think, what else can I cook in the oven real Dude, quick? this is going to make my number five pale in comparison <laughs> in such a major way. Okay, okay, here we go. Go ahead. Number five. I can't even say it. It's, <laughs> it's so much more useless than the oven. <laughs> all right, all right. Whew, deep breaths. I'm going with the meat tenderizer. <laughs> Let me tell you why, Kirk. Let me tell you why the meat tenderizer. Because you don't just use it to tenderize meat. It's also the only utensil or tool in the kitchen that looks like a small hammer and can be utilized as such. So let's say you've got some ice that comes cubed. Not yeah. everybody likes cubed ice. Break that, break that guy up. Um, sometimes you've got like a pickle jar where you need to kind of like hit the edges of the pickle jar to get the cap, you know, you know what I'm talking about? You yeah. get the cap like loosened up. I usually do it like the, the, uh, the other end of a knife or a yeah. fork, but that sure. would be easier that with would work the meat too. tenderizer. It just, it's a good tool in the sense that it feels like a hammer. It's got that good balance to it. You can swing it easily. Um, and ultimately if you're, if you're to the point where you're tenderizing your steaks, um, that's a next level move that really takes your steak game to the next level that's makes right. it taste better. So meat tenderizer. You could also cook steak in an oven if you needed to. <laughs> no. That, okay. So you, I've, I've had enough with you on the oven. You, you had a lot of good stuff with the oven, but I'll, I'll draw the line at steak. The steak happens on a grill, man. Come on. Depends on what kind of steak you're doing. You're doing like, or if it's like winter. If you're doing like pork chops, I guess you could. That brought know. me to tears. Oh, it was so Okay. Good. Okay. Number, Number four, four, electric mixer. I'm talking okay. about the little thing. It's got two little spinny things. You plug it into the wall. A lot of times, we uh, I used to use it for mashed potatoes. My wife and your mom, they use like the actual masher that I have no talent with. So Well, that thing hurts my triceps. Yeah, man. I try to use that thing. I'm like, you got to be Paul Bunyan. 
I guess they're just stronger. Than yeah, us. they're strong. They're very strong. <laughs> so I love the electric mixer. I love making mashed potatoes. Oh, this is the handheld. The handheld. I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. the handheld, and you just you just like mix it up, pour the milk, pour the butter, get the salt. Yeah, and you, you get a nice potatoes. even consistency there. It's and, the best. Uh, you're not confined to one location. You can move around with it. You yeah. can unplug it, plug it somewhere else. You it's can. lightweight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm bought in on that. I'm sure there's other things that you could do. I just know I only use it for mashed potatoes. Yes. All right, my number four is a bit of a niche pick. Okay. Is it niche or niche? I hear fancy people say niche. I try not to say it because I'm worried that someone's going to say, hey, you yeah. said it wrong. I'd prefer to say niche. Mm-hmm. So... I'm probably wrong, but specialty, specialty this, product. This, uh, this is an appliance. It's by Cuisinart. Mm-hmm. It's the Griddler, and this thing sort of looks like a panini press, and it's got two plates on it, so you can either use it open, so it's like flat, like a griddle, hence the Griddler, mm-hmm. or you can use it like a panini press and actually like clamp it down. You can cook burgers on this thing. You can, if you just made like a wrap, like a buffalo chicken wrap, you can pop it on that grill for a little bit, let the pressure kind of cook it in you get those nice grill lines on it um yeah i think for anybody who's like living in an apartment or somewhere where they don't have access to a grill it's a good option it's small it's lightweight it's cheap i think it's only like 60 bucks or something like that it's less than a hundred dollars i know that and we use it all the time and the little the little plates that are on there there's like one grill side and then there's a flat side that you can use for like pancakes and stuff if you want. And you can pop those off real easy and they're dishwasher safe. You just pop them in the dishwasher. I think you've, you gravitated towards that instead of the oven because it has so many other versatile uses. Yes. So I take back my, my judgment of your oven. No, so you're still right. You're still right. <laughs> and but, the second thing real quick, since this is a movie podcast and that's a Cuisinart brand. There's a fantastic, and we're, we're almost to Halloween season. It's coming. Like, people start watching Halloween movies in yes. September, and we're halfway through August now. There's a fantastic B-horror movie called Phantasm that everyone needs to go see. There is this this uh, spherical Cuisinart ball of death, and in the film, they call it a flying Cuisinart. It's one of the is most... Is it like an actual branded thing? It's not branded. Oh, okay. But they actually call it, it's a flying Cuisinart. It's this spherical bar, it ball. It's a, it just got, it's super <laughs> just chrome and it goes into your, to the bad guys or good guys heads with these blades and it kills you. And it's one of the most gnarly um, weapons used in horror, in horror film I read yeah. recently. And when you said Cuisinart, I thought, thought of that. So get ready, guys. you got to watch Phantasm. There's five of them yeah. in this series. Oh, wow. There won't be any more because one of the, the lead actor passed away. Rest in peace, Angus Scrim, just a few years ago. And you gotta, you got to watch it. All right. Cuisinart. There you go. A little movie tie-in for Griddler. you. All right. What's your... Three. Yeah. Number three. The Toaster. Mmm. Now, can't. what kind of toaster do you have? Can you describe your toaster? Oh. Is it one of these that has four slots instead of two? Or is it just an old school two slot guy? Two slot. It's got a bunch of different settings that I don't use. Uh, I oh, just, like the bagel setting and the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just do the timer. I just figure it out. Right. Because so, I only cook like four things in there. I cook... And all of it's for my kids. It's either toast mm-hmm. or waffles and that might actually it's only two things pop tart i mean i use pop tarts do you guys do pop tarts over they, they don't really eat pop tarts yeah yet. if they do they don't we don't toast them for them yet they don't want them toasted dude there so i used to be in that camp i will just say mm-hmm. i was like the weird guy well first of all i like the unfrosted pop tarts so you can judge me based on that already but 
it's night and day difference between toasting and non. Like, sure, Pop Tarts are edible without being toasted, but it's just so much better, man. Mm-hmm. It's so much better. So, toaster saves my life on a regular basis when my wife isn't there to make breakfast for the kids, and it's my responsibility. I'm like, all right. Just a quick, you just pop those guys in there. Waffles it is. Boom, done. Yep. Low, low level of effort. Carb yeah. breakfast. Let's like go. it. Um, my number three is the Swiss Army knife of of kitchen appliances, the Kitchen Aid. Ooh, yes. And I think to call so it's it's referred professionally as a KitchenAid mixer, mm-hmm. but to call this thing a mixer is quite a disservice. Mm-hmm. If it's if you're getting married, this thing better be on your wedding registry. If you don't even know what it is, you need to get yourself educated because this thing is like this is a boss tool. Mm-hmm. This is. You're not really cooking until you got one of these guys sitting on your counter. It's kind of like a status symbol, too. People mm. walk into your kitchen. They're like, do they have the KitchenAid? Oh, yep. They know what they're doing. That's right. You can grate cheese. There's all kinds of attachments. It's insane. Um, so I've just been procuring attachments for my KitchenAid ever since I got it. Um, and it's fantastic. I, I love it. You should call them. The, I don't know if they've used the Swiss Army knife of kitchen gadgets yeah is uh, their marketing campaigns it, it basically would, is though it really is it's the perfect and i have a red kitchen aid at home mm. so like really speaks to it's me flashy right it's red swiss army og is red you know yeah sort of other colors but what color is yours oh man i'm kind of oh i think mine's just like straight up stainless steel that's nice yeah that's nice especially and in your in your kitchen it's it's yeah it'll fit well with your decor there yeah it's good it's 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 a classic love it all right number two number what do you two. got the pizza cutter no freaking way i had pizza cutter number two yes dude what in the world <laughs> we tried to do this whole thing where we wouldn't have anything as the same and there it is i'm worried about our number one no <laughs> no 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 you trust me you're safe on number one you are you could not be more safe on okay, number good, one good good pizza cutter how i mean you have to eat pizza there's there's no way sometimes multiple it. times a week if you're me multiple times a day sometimes yeah sure and whether you're making it yourself or you purchased it from any of the various pizza restaurants you know that there are times when they're not going to cut your pizza mm-hmm. they'll pretend like they won't go all the way through because i don't know if it's a if it's a time thing or if they don't want to accidentally cut the box and then have to use another box i'm not sure i respect it's them. laziness <laughs> is it laziness yeah i'm not okay with it <laughs> all right my my wife it makes sense it must run from your core family because aubrey hates it too she's it, like it why en- didn't they cut it this? enrages me it's part of what i paid for is to get a perforated <laughs> pizza that i can easily pull slices out of. that i can just lift the moment that that box lid opens yeah, yeah it's uh you could also you, you can cut the pizza and then you can like if you have small kids then you can cut it into tiny pieces um you could use a pizza cutter for What's it called? A PB and J? You know, getting that cut yep. up into the diagonal. That's a good point. That's an underrated use case, but it's very real. Yeah, grilled cheese. I mean, so many different um, things. Uh, quesadillas. Yes. Thank you. That's a big one. That That's is a really big one. It's maybe the biggest other use. Yes. Pizza, quesadillas, and then grilled cheese. Yes. So I will continue to pour on love for the pizza cutter. I think the biggest thing about the pizza cutter is how large of a step it is above what your alternatives are fork so, and knife yeah fork and knife <laughs> or in my house it's giant to- like if the pizza cutter's ever in the dishwasher and the dishwasher's running and i've made a pizza yep. which is a massive error on my <laughs> part if i'm in that situation i just use this giant machete knife thing just the biggest <laughs> knife i can find and try to hack into that <laughs> the cleaver and, <laughs> yeah and i mean i know that one of these days i'm gonna end up in the emergency room for using that strategy <laughs> and the pizza cutter makes it so that you never have to do that how many jackie's grandparents used to cut pizza with scissors like they just use like clean scissors 
Okay. Which is not wrong, but it just goes back to the point of like pizza cutter is a huge improvement over any other option you have. We've done the like the kitchen scissors. Yeah, right. If, exactly. If the pizza cutter is uh, is dirty. How many pizza cutters do you have in your house? I only have one. Same. And I was just thinking the other day, a second one would be so clutch. I often pass by, you know, like how they have, so you're in the pizza aisle and they have those little dangly, like little clips that they have, I like tons of different utensils. Yes. A lot of time right now they have the pizza cutter. And every time I say to myself, I should buy it. But then I'm like, do I need to? And the answer is yes, I need to. It is yes, but it's also like you don't want to... Like, having that discussion with yourself as a person is a tough one. Yes. Because you're like, how much pizza am I consuming <laughs> to get to the point where a second pizza cutter seems like the most logical <laughs> option for solving my pizza problems? It's a lot of self-reflection. Yeah. And so you just never, you'll never pull the trigger on it. It'll never happen. I'm going to put it on my Christmas list. Just order it on Amazon. I'll just do it right now. I'll just order it on Amazon and be like, well, now we have it. Don't worry about it anymore. Uh well, so that was your number two. Yeah, good on you. Two. Good, good job, Pizza Cutter. You're you're not number one apparently, <laughs> which I think Jackie will be floored that the Pizza Cutter is not number one on my list because of how much I talk about how awesome it is. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your number one? My number one, the dishwasher. Yes. You cannot live in this world without a dishwasher. I cannot express my love. Um, the a dishwasher sh- saved my life saved my marriage, saved everything. Yes, your existence on this on this earth. You know, when you have small kids, and well, let's talk about babies, and you are mm. washing those bottles by hand, mm. and some of the worst labor that you will do in your entire life. Uh, I mean, so we didn't have a dishwasher. Because nothing fits inside the bottle. No. Let's just lay that out there. No. Nothing, nothing, no reasonably sized scrubber or your hand can fit inside of that thing. No, and see, we didn't have a dishwasher in our in our apartment, uh, once we got married, we also didn't have a dishwasher in our home until about three years ago. Wow. So we went through kid number one completely. Whoa. And then it was like, uh, so it was it was longer than that because Edie is only two. And so baby number two comes along and we're like, nope, we are getting a dishwasher. Dude, props to you for making it through that. It, you were like living in Mad Max. It really was. Let me explain to you also, this is how much I appreciate the dishwasher. I put in my calendar random random thing i put in my calendar who invented the dishwasher and on what day just wanted to give you some backstory it happened in 1886 mm. by josephine garris cochran on december 28th 1886 shout out to that guy i am forever indebted to this person i am i'm just so Wait, what thankful. was the name was it a, was it a, was it a man or a i woman? don't know it was josephine so you can go either way oh that's a that woman one. right it probably a woman especially Dude, in 1886 clutch. yeah um, killing it because it, it, it so in the apartment we had like this farm sink not like the cool stylish farm sinks that are like deep now no like the super shallow one it would take like five hours to wash all oh of our yeah dishes. there's no washing baking trays and stuff like that no, nothing it's not it happening was terrible so dishwasher every time number one it's the best Josephine, the patron saint of washing dishes, I'm very thankful for for her existence. Me too. Me That's, too. Where would we be? It'd be a lawless world, Kirk. I would just buy a new dish every time I well, ate something. And there are a lot of times, you know, first world problems where mm-hmm. I where I pull something out of the dishwasher and it's not as clean as I would like. Mm-hmm. And we have a newish dishwasher, so that kind of irks me a little bit sometimes. But then I'm like Dude, the alternative was me scrubbing this thing with my hands. Exactly. So if I have to do like one tenth of this, like get one smudge off, it's all good. That's right. Like it's not, I'll, I'll survive. Mm-hmm. I like the pick. It's a good one. Thank you. 
What's your number I'm one? I'm going with a very unorthodox pick, so you're going to have to give me some time here. Do, do, uh, do. You're going to have to give me some time to, to really like lay on why this thing is, is so important. And it goes back to versatility. So my number one kitchen utensil is skewers. Skewers, Kirk, like what you would put a kebab on. Yes. And hear me out. First of all, we first encountered the skewers when we were living in Oregon. Jackie and I were newly married. Jackie made some kebabs that she had found in a cookbook. We didn't like the kebabs, but I will just tell you that you can only, because they were like really, they, we used this jerk marinade and it was like five trillion degrees and burn your mouth to a crisp. Oh. And so we thought we were going to need kebabs for like, we we're going to keep making this recipe, but after we had it, we were both like, no man, it's too hot. You can only buy skewers, like disposable skewers in one quantity. And that's like a billion. Like <laughs> you can't just buy like 10 of them. You can only buy like a million of them. And so these things were sitting in our drawer for the better part of four years. <laughs> and, you know, we're, you know, we found just endless uses for them. We, you know, so Tell I'll me. give you a few. You get something stuck under something where you can't fit your fingers, right? These yes. things are small. Yeah, you know, um, you can get it under there. Under the fridge, under the stove. Okay, yeah, here's another one. Sensies. You know Sensies? Yes. You put that wax in there, mm -hmm. and then the wax, like, hardens, mm -hmm. and it's sometimes very hard to get out. Yep. Well, these things have a sharp point on them. If you stab it through the wax, you can pop the wax oh. right out. It makes that process much easier. No more messy Sensi issues. Yeah. Um, also, we have um, a vacuum cleaner that is like a Dyson vacuum cleaner that you empty mm -hmm. and sometimes gunk gets stuck like up in there Yeah, and you could never fit your finger in there, but a skewer does the job. <laughs> and I mean, that's just three uses and I'm telling you there are countless more because we used all of them and then we bought more. Like we weren't planning on making kebabs. We just wanted to have, have them on stock <laughs> because they're such a useful tool. So skewers, wooden skewers, check it out. I think you have a strong marketing future in kitchen appliances and gadgets. I, yeah, I could. I could. I could I could sell anything. Yes. Like, oh, you don't like kebabs. Well, let me tell you why you should buy these skewers anyway. <laughs> you ever get stuff stuck in your vacuum cleaner? <laughs> Look no further than the skewer, man. Look no further. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's that's brilliant. So I, I know that that's a, it's a sleeper pick. It's a sleeper pick for number one, but I hope that you now see my case. I, I mean, if anybody wants to be like you're an idiot for the skewer thing, I'll I will quickly produce 20 more reasons to have these things around i'm gonna go buy some just so that i can find out like what will spark my need for it so just have them ready and then oh i know what i can use that for i know yeah. i can solve this problem yeah if you need like a shim like mm. you're like <laughs> like you're you put a door up and you yeah. need like a little piece of wood skewer done deal <laughs> you know like spider webs just collect like randomly in places get, in, get that guy in there and shake it around yeah well, you don't have to put your sandal up there mm -hmm. throw it away afterwards too I love this pick. Yeah. That's great. And they're wood. So probably environmentally friendly, I would yeah. guess. Like biodegradable? Maybe? I don't know what I'm talking about. Bamboo, I don't know. But it's not plastic. Yes. So there's that, which I know plastic is bad because of the turtles and whatnot. Right. So yeah, skewers, number one. Very nice. Um, hit us up with your top five kitchen tools, gadgets, appliances. Um, I'm sure that there were some that we missed, but I know that my top five was fantastic, and I know that all of them are the are the top five kitchen appliances with the exception of the oven that was a big miss behind that yeah yeah all right that is a wrap on this episode kirk we did it there it is and here's what we're not gonna do because i'm the kitchen 
was a testament to the fact that we should just wait and decide what we're going to see what we're going to see later unless it's like an obvious thing Mm -hmm. so like right now i'm leaning towards hobbs and shaw Mm -hmm. i think we've discussed that because it's been out for a little while i know lots of people have seen it it's still number one in the box office i would like to say it but the last two times that we've said what we were going to see or when we did the poll like it's been a mess and we end up seeing something that ultimately like didn't even do that well in the box office or what have you so yeah we're gonna go zip on that not gonna say what we're watching it's gonna be a surprise for the next if you have suggestions feel free to send them our way as always but we'll you'll know next week whenever we whenever we put up the episode so just just wait for that until that time thank you so much for listening thank you for liking commenting sharing all of those things we truly cannot appreciate it enough um, I continue to get amazing feedback on this theme song, Kirk, our, our music, which I mean, I will just say is incredible. I mean, I, I know that it's coming from me, but it's really good. It is. I think they should put it on iTunes. I Maybe know that, they should. I know that they listen to the podcast. I think you should, guys should put it on iTunes. I think people would buy it. It's so good. There are actually lyrics to the song too. Yes. It's a full song. Yes. We just play the instrumental parts. So this is a push for, for you guys to, to put that out, publish it, and let other people enjoy it because it's great. Yeah. And Ryan Spriggs, who we always give thank to, thanks to at the end, um, who helps us produce this pro- podcast and is our brother-in-law, also is in a band called The Fade. You should check them out. You can find them on Instagram, Facebook, and most importantly, on anywhere that you listen to music. Just check out The Fade. And as always, thank you to Ryan Spriggs and Brandon Aristed for our theme song. You guys do a great job. We will see you guys next week. Talk to you then. for your life from Shia LaBeouf. He's brandishing a knife. It's Shia LaBeouf lurking in the shadows. Hollywood superstar Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Living in the woods, Shia LaBeouf. Killing for sport, Shia LaBeouf. Eating all the bodies. <laughs> so good. Eating all the bodies is the best. <laughs>
<laughs> Why did they think of this? <laughs>